Hello and welcome to The Second Row. My name is Park Kelly and as usual you can find me on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at The Second Row. That is 2ND, not the word second. And you can find this podcast everywhere from SoundCloud to Spotify, Acast to Apple Podcast, Google Podcast and more. So no matter what podcasting service you use, you'll find this podcast. And it's my pleasure today to have Connacht Captain Nicola Friday with me, 14-time Cap International for Ireland. Nicola, hi how are you? Thanks for coming on. Hi, Cork. Um, good. Um, I suppose it's a kind of on short time for everyone. Um, I'm at home here in Offaly, so I'm kind of I'm isolated with my family, so that's kind of one and one nice aspect. Um, but it's strange. It's definitely a weird time. Um, it's kind of like your whole life has nearly been put on hold. All the plans for the next few months are just kind of sitting in limbo at the moment <laughs> yeah the pause button has been fairly hard yeah have you started to kill the family yet has it <laughs> has it started to get to you yet? I actually was talking to them the other day and I said you know what this isn't actually like that much different to my normal life like I'm working I'm lucky enough that my work is still going I'm working from home and then I'm training so that's literally what my life has been for the probably the last six or seven months so in that aspect, it hasn't changed. The only thing that's changed is the location and I suppose not getting to be with the girls and with the t- my teammates. But um, apart from that, my kind of daily routine hasn't really changed all that much. That's brilliant. And I saw that last week that you got your own gym s- yeah. set up outside the house. So now you're like all the other rugby players who are training from home. I know. Yeah, there's going to be some home gym setups by the end of all this. Um <laughs> I was no, I was lucky enough. Um, I managed to get some equipment before the full lockdown. Um, I bought some myself, and then I also my local kind of community gym were very good to me and donated some kit, kit for me to use for the next few weeks. Um, so I'm like I have a right, I have the perfect setup. Um, I'm from a, fa- a farming background as well, so I have lots of space. Um, I've been doing all my running sessions down the field, so <laughs> and really like it's nearly like a mini training center I've kind of set up <laughs> <laughs> and given that no one has a social life anymore are you using that time to work on any ball skills that you've wanted to work on in the past you know that you've never had the time to because let's face it as a women's rugby player you have a full-time job to hold down as well yeah like I've sat down at the start and kind of wrote out myself some goals that I wanted to get and I am um, I have three sisters and none of them really are that keen into rugby. So I've luckily, um, I managed to get myself one of those shadow balls. So I've been using that for my handling skills. And then I've just been working on my speed and that kind of stuff, like kind of things that I can control and that I have the facilities here to work on. And that's kind of what I've been working on at the moment. I do think there's a TikTok series and you throwing a ball at your sister's heads (laughs) until they catch it. (laughs) <laughs> I'm not sure how they'd uh, enjoy that bit <laughs> <laughs> and we'll go back to the beginning with you starting your rugby career underage in Tullamore um I actually I I didn't really take I didn't take up rugby till I was probably 19 or 20 um I went to school in Kilkenny College and wow for part of our TY program we the girls were allowed to take rugby once every two weeks in the afternoon um like hockey would have been the main sport for girls down in Kilkenny and it was there that I kind of got my first taste and I loved it like I 
was that one session every two weeks was the highlight of TY for me like um but kind of after that the focus went straight back onto hockey and I played yeah. hockey up until I left college or left school and then I went to college and I kind of fell away from sport I suppose well team sport like I kept training like in the gym and stuff but I kind of lost my love for hockey and I kind of wasn't yeah. playing anything and it was in second year of college that my mom turned to me and she was like Nicola look there's a girls team in so no more you should go give it a try like I was at home for the summer I wasn't really up to much good so I said for anything I'd go for the social aspect um, and it just kind of all took off from there for me. And it really does seem to be a great club with a women's team that just seems to be on the up the whole time. Yeah, like the structure in Tullamore is brilliant. Like I couldn't commend the club more. Um, I suppose for me, I'm jealous that I didn't get exposed to it at a younger age. Like oh, they have like the youths and then up into under like 14s, 16s, 18s. I like, I would have loved to be involved at those age levels because like, the talent that's coming through from girls that have played at that level is huge. Um, I suppose when I started with them, they were, I think they were established, like the senior women's team was established about two years. And like the journey we went, I went on with them was just amazing. Like we went from like division two or something like that, right up into the AIL. Um, now our success in the AIL wasn't great, but the way that the club progressed over those few years was huge like for a women's team it was like the success we had was brilliant like yeah and like your trophy cabinet got fairly full early on in your rugby career yeah definitely (laughs) you know qualifying from Leinster division two winning the senior division one that's a lot for a young club yeah like and it was we kind of had like a core group of players for those three or four years that we accomplished all that and like it was like they're my closest friends like the like the friendships we built from that like I'm still in touch with all those girls regularly like um but it was just something that none of us will ever probably be able to like forget because it was such it was such a huge accomplishment for all of us like the coaching we had in there like Colin Hughes and then she um they brought the team right from like a starters team like where girls had never touched a rugby ball right up into AIL. That really is some achievement. Are they still coaching in Tullamore or have they stepped back from rugby altogether? Um, they stepped back from rugby, I think, for the moment anyways, um, well, coaching anyways, and um, I think there's, there's a new coach in there. Um, and they're, they're going well again this season. I just think, um, I suppose, like all clubs where, we, where they struggle maybe is with girls going away to college and stuff like that. Um, but I think like the team is still going strong, and I do think they're probably a club to watch as well for the future. Yeah, I really think that brain drain is felt in clubs that are outside Dublin, Galway, Limerick, and Cork. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but you were playing for Tullamore when you got your first kind of cap. Yeah, so um, I kind of set myself a goal. I wanted to get on the Connacht team, and that was um, that was the, um, I think it was twenty sixteen. Um, that summer I tried out and I got into the squad and I was kind of just training away and like my sole focus was that I'm going to play for Connacht this season and at that time the Interpols were still in like November, December Yeah. Um, and like a few like kind of weeks into the camp into the training of it um, I got a call from Tom Tierney and I was called up into the Ireland squad and 
from there kind of it just all it, it escalated very quickly like it hadn't even dawned on me like Tom had been to one of the training sessions I think and I like the Ireland scene wasn't on my radar whatsoever like it was I wanted to play for Connacht and to get a call from him was just a bit like it was it was mad like I couldn't believe it um and it kind of just all took off from there then I got my first cap then against uh, Canada that November and then I was selected to play I was on the bench then for the next match against New Zealand and then I went back to Connacht and I played my first Connacht cap like when I look back on it like it's a bit mad like I kind of did it all a bit backwards I went from club to Ireland to uh, province that's mad it must have felt so weird being called up into the Irish squad before you even thought about playing a game for Connacht yeah like it was just it was mad like I like I'd gone from club like I, I only kind of really just started to get a taste of what Connacht was about and kind of the level of Connacht and that kind of way and I was really enjoying like the challenge of that and then but then whenever and the Ireland international coach calls you you don't say no um and I remember going to that first camp and I was absolutely petrified I because at the time like I wouldn't have known many of the Connacht girls that were in Ireland that well and like they took me in under their wing and they were great to me but like at the same time I wouldn't have said I had that many kind of I was kind of I didn't have that many close friends that I could turn to in there but once I got in and got to know the girls and the group of girls that were in there like they're just the nicest group of girls ever and it's a competitive but it's also you're so supportive of each, of each other as well so like I don't know like it was just one of, it was just it's a whirlwind experience for me and I, I when I think back on it like I'm like I still don't understand it kind of nearly but <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, get you. it was it was amazing what was that first cap like against Canada in 2016 is there any outstanding memories do you remember the day at all I am um, not really to be honest I remember I was so nervous before the match like I was like I was getting sick and stuff like and I never had experienced that level of nerves in my life ever before um and I went onto the pitch and then I don't remember anything I remember I I just kept tackling that's all I did for the whole match I just remember getting up making a tackle getting up making a tackle I don't think I probably I probably made one carry maybe the whole match because the whole thing was I just remember just tackling and I kind of came off and I didn't even know if I'd done well or not. Like I just literally, I couldn't remember anything about it. It just, like it just flew by. Like there's just nothing like that kind of sticks out in my mind about it. I just remember being absolutely like never experiencing that like tempo of a game in my life before. I say that intensity jump was incredible. Yeah, like I it couldn't get like my, my head together and playing the match like at all. Like, I was just remember right if I just make if I make my tackles that's at least one part of my job done for today so that was like kind of just what I kind of focused on I think for nearly the match and then I remember coming off and seeing my parents and like it was just it was bizarre like I just it, it was just it was words couldn't really describe it like I just it was just something I'd never experienced before. They must have been so proud of you on the day especially your mum who pushed you into the team and into rugby. Yeah, she was, she always like she she always was the one that turns to me and is like, um, God, I just I don't want you to get hurt. I just don't know, Nicola, the stuff you put your body through, and I'm always turned to her and I'm like, well, you're the one that told me to go do it, so <laughs> <laughs> it's your fault. But yeah, no, look, it's 
been like it's been a, like it's such an amazing journey for my whole family and early like they are the, they're so supportive I am um, my parents are kind of known for the parents that are always at every match like we could be off out in Italy somewhere or in France and that's where my parents will pop up and like it's not a question of if my parents are going it's a parent a question of when they'll be there <laughs> and they usually make a nice little trip out of it for themselves so if anything they've gained from the experience as well sure why not just because you've yeah. got to be on the first plane home doesn't mean they can have a nice holiday <laughs> exactly <laughs> and obviously it wasn't just your parents that are proud of you that day i've read through the tullamore rugby club's website they're so proud of all the girls who go on to represent ireland and all the provinces there really must have been a good crowd from the club there that day yeah like the girls like those like the Tullamore girls and like the Tullamore community like they still like support me through this to this day um unfortunately like I had to make a choice back a few years ago whether to stay with them or to move on and I had to move on just for personal reasons I was working in Galway and living in Galway and I just I had to try and make my life that bit more simpler and cut out some of the commuting um so that's when I moved to Galwegians but the girls like in Tullamore and the club itself they still support me to this day and like they're still at the matches like when we're in Donnybrook and that like I can't like you can't ever fault them for being proud of like myself and Ailsa and Shannon Dewey as well like they're extremely proud of us girls and it's just it's lovely to get that kind of recognition from a club. Yeah it really is it's great that even to this day it doesn't matter if it's Connacht or Ireland that they're always supporting you and making sure everyone knows that it's Tullamore's Nicola Friday out there playing. Yeah, it's really nice. And you said there that you had to move to Galway for work. You would have known some of the girls in Galwegians, but still moving club, moving city, that's still a big move. Yeah, like it was, I just finished college and I got in a permanent job down in, um, in Galway and like when I was in college I was driving up and down to Tullamore I was driving to Connacht I was driving to Dublin for training like I was driving all around the country and I kind of just said like something kind of has to give um so to, I moved to Galwegians because that was the most like logical kind of answer and like I was delighted because the girls in that club are brilliant girls and I really enjoyed that year a very short lived year but I really enjoyed that year playing with them and I loved living in Galway and I loved being a part, like being in the Connacht, like the sports ground training there in the mornings. And like I loved everything about the Galway kind of life. Um, I actually had to move. I moved then again from my job after about two years. And I'm now up in Nace. But if, like, if I was given the opportunity to go back to Galway tomorrow morning, I'd probably be gone. Yeah, the, um, yeah, the Galwegians women definitely seem to be the epitome of work hard play hard I think that's a I think that's a fair description yeah definitely <laughs> that clubhouse has seen very good nights out <laughs> yeah it has but they're getting a new home now in the future a new ground new facilities new gym you know something that'll match and fit the club's ambitions going forward yeah it's going to be um some setup whenever that gets done it's it's gonna like it's really gonna put Galwegians on the map and go away I think and you've moved to Nice for work and you've joined Old Belvedere. Yeah. <laughs> That's some club. They have incredible facilities, a great gym, so many pitches, and it's a team laden with internationals. Yeah, um, it wasn't an easy 
um, decision. Like, obviously, I had like some very good clubs at my disposal in Dublin. Um, I came down to really kind of the coaching staff there. So the head coaches are Nora Stapleton and Maz Riley, and I would have played with those two girls whenever I first came into Ireland, and. I learned so much of off them during that time that for me it was kind of I I knew I could get more off them in club at club like from them um coaching me so that's kind of what the ultimate deciding factor was because they're quality players and they're quality coaches and I just wanted to learn and, and grow my game as much as I could with them and that's led to you captaining Connacht that must have been an interesting conversation when you were handed that armband yeah it was a bit mad like um like Grania Egan had been the captain up till last year and like she'll always be the kind of captain to me really um unfortunately she was injured last season and whenever Bino rang me and offered me the position like I wasn't expecting it at all but like it was just such a huge like a huge honor to me like I'd never dreamed that I could be a kind of captain like I like my heart's iconic, like I'm never going to be going anywhere else, but I never thought that I'd be like kind of recognized as one of the main leaders within the squad. But like it was, it could like literally, like there was a lead, like there's a leadership group there of kind of like Mary He, Laura Feely, Tricky, Nicole Fowley, like senior girls that have been there. And like it could have been easily any one of them. Like, and whenever Bino chose me, I was absolutely like, it's hugely honored and absolutely delighted. And that leadership group have so much experience amongst them that it must have been something that you felt you could lean on as a captain for the first time. Yeah, like there's like the whenever we're on the pitch, like the pitch, where in my eyes we're all the leaders because they're like they're the girls that are setting the standards for the other girls within the sessions, within the matches, and like the wealth of knowledge that they have, and like I think that's what really grew us as a team this year is having the likes of those kind of players within the squad and um, it kind of really drove a standard from within and kind of made everyone kind of realize you know what like this isn't just we're not just here for the kit or whatever this is a big a big tournament for us and um the young girls that came in were absolutely like phenomenal and they stepped up to the marker and then like other girls that have been playing rugby for a few years they got exposed to like a newer higher level of training and like uh, like everyone stood up to me in in my opinion like everyone stood up to it and like I was it was one of the best seasons I've had with Connacht to date yeah really was a good year and I remember talking to you at the beginning of the season you said your goal was to make the final and you made that final with some impressive performance against Ulster and Munster but how disappointed were you at the end of that final in Donnybrook yeah, um, like I was pretty gutted to be honest. Um, it kind of just feels like history keeps repeating itself for us. Um, like we've kind of made a few finals the last few years, and it's kind of been the same result every time. Um, I thought last year was going to be the year, but I really have no doubt that it will. Like the provincial title will be coming home to Connacht. Um, the tournament, this way the tournament was laid out last year, the, like the five games, it really suited us. Like we had, I would have said we had a good, like we kind of shot Leinster in the opening um, round of it. And we kind of, we, we, we lost that for ourselves, I'd say. 
um, then Munster we didn't really perform but we got to grow into the tournament then as it kind of went on we had a good performance against Ulster then we went on to beat Munster and then it was it was probably one of the best finals I think the last few years this year um, but like we were, we were really gutted but I do firmly believe I said after the match I was like it's only a matter of time before it's back in Connacht definitely and I was actually watching that match on my phone I was at a wedding and it really did seem that it was those five minutes before halftime and those five minutes after halftime that area where a team that have won a competition really make hay yeah and hopefully that experience will stand to the team and especially those new caps about how to finish out a half and start a half in those high pressure situations yeah like I think that's kind of it it does come down to the 10 minutes before halftime and then those 10 minutes after halftime like it just kind of shows that your fitness needs to be at the highest level you can be at, have it at um, so make sure that you're focused crucial times um, I think it was probably just a lack of concentration maybe it was a few kind of mix-ups in defence that just kind of let them gain those easy tries because like they were kind of ran in from a few metres out I wouldn't have said they were kind of like they were more like our own mistakes than probably anything else um, but that's not to take away from Leinster they were an extremely good team as well that day like they were sharp they took their opportunities and I suppose that's probably where we fell off a bit we didn't kind of take our opportunities whenever they were handed to us when, when Leinster did um, so like I do definitely think we'll learn a lot from it we'll learn a lot as players and then I think like as, as a, like a coaching group as well and like a leadership group will take a lot from that season and like we're already like dying to get back like I can't wait like for Connacht to kind of kick off whenever it does kick off um, and like even like like the progress within the province like the club force have like they're doing that development team and they're sponsoring that development team and like that's just preparing more and more girls to be able to stand up and put their hands up perfection and like that's what ultimately more and more girls exposed to this higher level of playing and make it a real kind of nearly dogs fight to get your spot on a Connacht team it must be great as a senior member of the squad to see that production line coming from behind that's going to keep strengthening the team as your career goes on and having effectively an academy and one that produces players like every good academy should yeah like it's 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 really exciting like it's like the group of girls we had last year like they're all like amazing players as well the young girls that came up from the under 18s as well like the under 18s teams are doing like outstanding in the in the under 18 tournament like and it's just so exciting like it genuinely is like to know that there's all these young girls and these girls that are getting developed coming into the squad and they're going like there's nothing like a bit of competition to really pull out the best in team they have absolutely no fear whatsoever i know yeah like i remember like poor Maeve Dealey. i remember the first opening match she had i think senny nupu jenny murphy all run down her channel and every single tackle she made (laughs) against them and like it is hugely daunting i would say for like a young girl coming up having watched the likes of those kind of players on tv and that but then for them to come and run at you and have absolutely no fear it's just it's crazy like it's such it's huge like it's mad and even with that confidence 
I'd say it's still important that you and that leadership group are still there for those players to do for them what the senior players did for you when you were in that first Ireland camp. You know, that arm around the shoulder if they need it. And when they don't, it's great to just be able to let them off and do what they need to do. But if something goes wrong, that you're there for them in the right way. Yeah, like... You just like you just think about it like whenever you were all you were in the position that they were in whenever they like whenever you started out and like it's all about just kind of trying just to push them on and like these girls don't need any pushing they're extremely driven and <laughs> yeah. hugely motivated like like the babe and like oh my god that girl um she's outstanding and like these girls don't need any sort of motivation they know what they want um I suppose for me it's just about guiding them in the right way and making sure that they get it the way they should kind of get it um and like they're just outstanding like all these girls coming through yeah and as someone who's seen the Conft women's team develop you know even the championship going from the round robin to this knockout at the end you're at the forefront of the change in Conft rugby and in women's rugby and as a leader and as part of your leadership group what you're prepping these young players for the next phase that you're going to be the next wave of this development. And, you know, there's just so many layers to it. Yeah. Like I suppose, um, like I mentioned Maz and Nora and like, they would have been the kind of senior players that did that for me. And they kind of instilled kind of what the culture should be and like, in a in a team environment, like, and how players should act towards each other and that kind of thing. And like, that's kind of I've, I felt that's kind of always stood to me because how that environment was when I first came into it and like how much I enjoyed it that's the way I wanted for other girls to be I, I don't want it to be a thing of you're fearing coming to training or there's any kind of animosity like as far as I'm concerned like whatever happens on a pitch stays on a pitch but like it's about creating like a kind of culture within the team and that's what we actually we really focused on that this year as well within Connacht um, and like it really stood to us because like all those girls were like we're all like great friends and like I know next 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 season when we get to go back training it's just going to be like we saw each other last week like it's not going to be this thing that we haven't seen each other in it once and it'd be a bit weird it'd be it would kind of I know that it's just going to be going straight back to kind of normal for us. You mentioned Maz and Nora there is there anyone else that's had an impact on your playing career or even someone that you've just really enjoyed playing with over the years yeah like I, I couldn't like any of that team that like the like the squad that would have been there whenever I started but like Paula Fitz like an absolutely outstanding player like I learned so much from her um and Orla Simons like like Heather O'Brien like like Lindsay, like oh, like there's so many girls. Like Lindsay Pete, like she's still within the squad, but she's a huge character, and she's such like she's such a huge core part of the team as well. Like there's so many girls that I could name off, like that have impacted my kind of my rugby career. But like it's just, I think whenever you're at that level, like you're with the best of the best, kind of, and it's kind of like a joy to play with anyone, really up there um like I, I love playing with Kira Griffin the captain like she for me epitomizes what a, a Irish jersey is like that girl would lie on the ground and let someone drive over if it meant that she could keep the green jersey like she just absolutely would live breathe and die that jersey and 
she's instilled that in all of us as well. And it's just, she's one of the players I really do enjoy playing with. And on the flip side of that, is there anyone that you've enjoyed playing against, you know, really enjoyed having that battle with them? You've finished a game going, that was tough, but that was fun, tough. Yeah, like I suppose like um, anytime you kind of, like I suppose like playing Munster last last year in that, in that semi-final, like that was, that was a tough, tough match. Like it could have literally gone any way that day like the two teams were after like we were both like both teams were playing so well um and it was it was really tough match and like everyone was so geared up and everyone wanted that spot in the final um so like that probably was one of the games i remember i remember it was probably my first match for connacht i think we played leinster and we were down in tomb and we beat them and that was like that was one of the toughest matches I've played, but it was one of the best matches I've ever played. Um, and like I, I remember just coming off the pitch being absolutely ecstatic. Like the girls, everyone was absolutely like they were just over the moon with it. Um, so like I think any of the matches where you play at the interventions, like they're tough matches, but they're also probably the most enjoyable matches. Like when I finish an interpro series, like I always feel like that's my like I'm always at my happiest kind of playing there because I just really really enjoy the games and is there anyone that you don't want to see coming at you on the opposition team someone that's going to throw in a tackle that you know is just really going to hurt you know yeah um I suppose like um Senny Anuka knows how to put in a good (laughs) (laughs) good tackle you're gonna have to brace yourself um and then the likes of Jenny Murphy, like she's she's a huge power as well. Um, but like, I think whenever you're at that level, like nearly every hit hurts. <laughs> that, that that's very um, true. So, yeah, <laughs> you kind of just have to brace yourself at all times across the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I mentioned at the top that you have fourteen caps for Ireland, including some in this year's Six Nations. This year was weird, especially how it didn't finish. There's no conclusion. What was turning into a decent season for you all? Yeah, like it's it's kind of, it's all a bit weird. Um, we kind of don't really know what's going to happen regards any of it really because we would, we were all prepped and ready and focusing our attention after the after the Six Nations into our summer series and our summer camps and um, in preparation for the World Cup qualifiers, but like that's all, it's all up in limbo at the moment. Um, so like, but there's nothing we can do about it. Like it's a global pandemic. Um, so we're not going to get our probably answers about that kind of anytime soon. So we're just taking it day by day, like the rest everyone else is, and like we're focusing and training and keeping up our fitness levels so that whenever we do get called back in, whenever it may be that we're ready to go and kind of are fit enough and strong enough and haven't dipped off at all really and are just ready to get going again. Um, but when it would be, I don't know. Itching to get back into that fancy training centre up in Dublin. Yeah, some setup is crazy. I haven't seen the likes. It's incredible. And during the Six Nations time, it just seems rammed with players. Do you get the chance to pick the brains of the men's team when they're there or is there crossover at all? 
Um, not really. Like, um, they've kind of ske- like it's really well scheduled. So when we'd be coming in, I suppose the lads would be leaving. Um, and then because they have Saturday matches, they move to the Aviva. Like, kind of like we'd come in on a Thursday evening, and they'd be finishing up in the HPC, and they'd be moving on to train in the Aviva on Friday for a match Saturday. So we train Friday in the HPC and then move across to Donnybrook on the Saturday. So we don't really have that much. Like we, we've seen each other around, like you do bump into them then in there, but unfortunately there's not that kind of integration just yet. But I like there's a, like the sevens are always there. So we're in and out with them all the time. And um, we train there, like the girls train, we train in like there during the week. So like we have our gym sessions there and, we do like some skills sessions, so we're constantly in and out of the place. So we do have a good crossover with the sevens teams. And when this building opened and you all moved into it, did your prep feel like it stepped up a notch because you're now in this new facility with so much resources at your fingertips? I definitely think it's making made the kind of like our routines and our like transitions from different things. Like so like as in like coming in from the pitch and getting our food and getting our recovery and then heading on to the pitch again like it's made the transitions and the logistics of it all so much more easier and um, like you have hydrotherapy pools there you've like you have everything at your fingertips and like that's made it a lot easier so in that sense I suppose girls are kind of not spending as much time on their feet and kind of getting like there's a lot more focus on recovery and that kind of stuff and like all the like the, there's like analysis rooms so you can spend your time there as well so you're like you have everything at your kind of disposal and um, but I think in terms of as a group like stepping it up I think it was already coming like we've been building the last few years and like we just we just wanted to start getting performances on the pitch and that's kind of been our like our focus and I they like the facilities probably have helped like but I don't think they are they that's what drove us and do you think in this year's six nations you got those performances that you're aiming for yeah like I think I suppose our defense has hugely improved and um, we have a new um defense coach Kieran Harlett and he's he's just introduced a system that's really just kind of, I think, working for us. Um, and then in terms like of our attack, I, I, I don't think it was a thing of like that we didn't have the skills basically. I think it was more just that we couldn't, like we couldn't get it executed. And I suppose this year has been the year where we find, like we finally gotten to start executing things like that, kind of playing a bit more off the cuff. It's just really like, it's been a really enjoyable year. Like, because when you start getting the performances that you've been, thriving at like and working at working for it it really does like it does kind of it gives you that bit more of a pep in your step and if you don't mind talking about it towards the end of six nations you weren't named in one of those squads how was that conversation i know you're fighting for your spot on a constant basis because there's so much talent coming through but was it disheartening yeah like i'm not going to lie like it was uh, it was extremely tough few weeks for me um I got to start that campaign against Scotland and then um I unfortunately I got dropped then and like it was it was quite tough for me like mentally I suppose um because I just 
I, it's, it's something it, I, when I look back at it now it's something every player goes through and it's kind of how you respond to it and kind of that's what I put my focus towards is like it was how I was going to respond to it um, so I started like I tried to step up my training I tried to step up like I tried to step up everything so that I could fight my reason to get kind of get back into the squad um, it was a tough few weeks and I just hope that it's kind of made me a better player from it um, because, like I said, every player kind of goes through these st- stages of being selected and not being selected and my kind of outlook is in how you respond to it. It's kind of what you do instead of what you don't do. Um, so that was kind of what I just focused on for those few weeks and like I I had got, I got selected back in for the French match but then it got cancelled so like now like it was kind of a small kind of consolation that I was selected back but then when it didn't go ahead that was obviously really um, disappointing but like it's kind of if anything it's kind of given me more of a drive and more of a focus now for the next few months whenever we get to the pitch I just I know that I can't believe I can't leave anything on the pitch if that's what if I want my spot to be there. You must have such a sense of unfinished business you know not being able to go out clear the cobwebs and exercise those demons against the French yeah like it was it was a really weird week because I like I got selected and I kind of was trying to build myself up for it but I also knew that with the current like with the coronavirus I there was like really high possibilities that it wasn't going to go ahead so like we were all trying to focus our mind onto the match and prepare for the match as best as we could but then it was just, it was really like it was frustrating that it was called um but at, at the end of the day like we have those matches again we'll get them again so I just have to focus on making sure that I'm on that team sheet again for it and I don't doubt that you will be on that team sheet when that game comes around or the next game comes around as you've put in some good performances as a second row and a back row how does it work switching between positions because I'd primarily think of you as a second row but you've played in the back row and your first cap for Ireland was at six yeah like um I kind of like in my own head as well I'm I'm a second row um and then I suppose at Connacht it when I go to eight like it actually it, I really enjoy it because it gives me that just a bit more freedom to play kind of off the back of the scrum and play out and around the park um and I really I enjoy bringing that kind of aspect to my game and I that's probably like I that's what makes me enjoy it as well because I know that I'm bettering my skills because I might not essentially be playing at second row but I'm still in the lineouts I'm still calling the lineouts I'm still working around the park and like I'm getting to show probably my handling like that more the handling side of my game than I would maybe at second row so like in my eyes whenever I do make the switch I just see it as a challenge to prove that I can I'm a bit more versatile and I can do different things around the park um so that's how I, I use that opportunity, I suppose. That's brilliant. And I'll leave you on for one final question. That mural for the Six Nations, it must be kind of surreal seeing yourself painted on a side of a building. Yeah, that was um, that was absolutely mad. Um, I just remember getting this email and they were like, we want to put a mural up at home in your hometown. And I was like, it's for an Aer Lingus campaign um, that they were doing in, in for their Six Nations and a few and um, Laura Feedy and 
Clarissa Muldoon got one up in Donegal and um, Aoife McDermott got one in Sligo and then Anna Catholic, um got it in Mallow and it was it was amazing like the like the like the finished product of all of them are outstanding and I just think it really like for me it really brought it home like as in like I wouldn't actually get to spend that much time at home in Offaly and to get to come home and see it and it just really kind of I suppose instills in you that your home roots and like the kind of sense of pride among the community and among your family and friends and your neighbours like it's it was a really lovely touch and gesture and I was it was absolutely chilled like I couldn't believe it yeah when I saw it I thought it was such a great campaign it was great to showcase the women's game like that especially as Aer Lingus have such a wide following and more people will see the women's team and it might just bring people to see a game that might never have been there yeah exactly and like I suppose the kind of the towns that were chosen they wouldn't have been maybe huge rugby towns and I think that's kind of what the nicest part of it was as well as in like it was showing and I also like I really loved the part right like little girls and boys could walk past and see like you know what like I'm from here and I can be an Irish international too like it like it doesn't matter like if you're not like if you're where you're from like you can if you have it in you and you want it you can do it kind of thing that reminds me of my first coach and I think he said it best if you're too good for this level they're going to keep bunging you up until you're an international (laughs) 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 yeah that was the uh that original piece of advice I got if you're too good for this team you'll be playing on the next team up if you're too good for that team you'll be playing the next team up (laughs) (laughs) Nicola thank you very much for your time it's been great talking to you I hope you and your family are well and stay safe in the future thank you thanks so much for having me on and I hope you and your family keep well too thanks again Nicola for coming on it was Great to chat to you today to hear about your journey from Tullamore to Galwegians to Belvedere to Connacht to Ireland. If you at home enjoyed it, don't forget to like, share and subscribe to the podcast on social media, on your podcasting apps. That's really important. I might be back on Friday at Ushing for another episode of Lockdown, but I definitely will be back next week with another interview. So until I'm talking to you again, all the best, stay home and stay safe. Mm-hmm.